You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody and welcome to Philly's Backstage. We're down here in Clearwater, Florida from beautiful Spectrum Field. We're looking out at the beautiful green grass. It's a spring training edition of Philly's Backstage. And uh, I am your host, Tom Burgoyne, joined by... John Brazier. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be our thing now? I'm going to say Tom Burgoyne, and then you're just going to chime in like I that? I think that's the way we got to do it going All forward. Right, you're yes. right. I think I, my, my other open was getting way too cold, too, uh, too old. Yeah, right this there. whole show is spontaneous. That, that, that is, that's yeah, it right there. I don't write anything down, John. I'm not, you know. but uh, And the know, only thing I've written down are my silly questions I have for, <laughs> for our guest today. God forbid we write anything else down. And actually, you write those down, John. I mean, sometimes they're so off the cuff and... Uh, Confused. I always wonder, I mean, have you prepared this? Well, what have you done? Um, last night I went to dinner, Cesar's uh-huh. on the beach, great little Italian restaurant. Bill Giles loves that restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Jason Stark was there last night, by the way, with his wife. Um, but I came back. Uh, a lot of guys went out to the Brown Boxer to go uh, have some adult beverages and watch some basketball. Um, but as you know, <laughs> I'm kind of a bore these days. I went home, grabbed my notepad, went into bed. Got ready for bed, watched a little bit of the, of the late basketball game, which wasn't much of a game, and uh, decided to look up some, um, some what does John Timberlake have in common that I can, <laughs> that I can grill him with my quiz. I am impressed. The, the show prep. Show prep. Look, oh, I don't man. stop working, Tom. Even down here with the sun out and so much to do at night and the NCAA on, and here you are prepping for this show. Yes, with, the, with basketball in the background. Well, you, you gave it up, John. Our, our guest today, uh, we know him, we love him, John Timberlake. Uh, director of Florida Operations, what a job he has, you know, not only managing the business side, but he also gets involved in just the, man- it, it blows me away, John, the management of all the players that we have down here, the minor league complex, um, you know, our, our, you know, of course, the, the players on the 25-man roster. But, but then when we leave, well, we leave, yeah. and he's in charge of the, uh, the, the Clearwater Threshers, which are our single-A team down here. So I can't wait to watch, I want to ask him a lot about, you know, Jimmy Rollins just down on the field right now. Uh, I want to ask him about, you know, guys like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, guys mm-hmm. that came through the system, they all have to come through single A for the most part. And so he gets the chance to see these guys when they're young. It's almost like having a puppy, and the puppy's so much fun, and then the puppy becomes, you know, can get a, li- can get a little older, can get a little testier, can get, right? <laughs> and he's, he gets to see them when they're puppies. We get them when they're when they're full-grown adults. Full-grown adults, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a great, uh, he's had a great run down here in Clearwater. And he's got a famous uh, nephew, by the way. Yes, he does. We might have to ask him about that. Um, he's definitely getting asked about that in the quiz, <laughs> i got to tell you. <laughs> oh, no. But speaking of music, Go ahead. Tom, how about this? Our, our engineer back here, Rob Brooks, uh, the three of us uh, went to see uh, down here, Ruth Eckert Hall, a great concert venue. Tom, you and I have seen several concerts uh, over the years there. But how about that? We saw Little Feet. And Buddy Guy. One of my favorite bands of all time, John. Little Feet. I love them. Uh, they're a big fan of the Fanatic, as you know. The Fanatic has made it on stage with Little Feet in the past. Have we told that story on a podcast? <laughs> I don't I think, know if we have. I think we have. But we, we have to re, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta retell it, right? You and I went to the Keswick Theater in Glenside enjoying the concert. This and is probably I, about five years ago. Yeah. Right? And I slipped out. Uh, I said, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, let me take over here. <laughs> so, yes, I'm watching the concert with you, and it was towards the end of the show. 
I think they're in, uh, were, they, were they playing Fat Man in a Bathtub? What were they playing? It's one of the last songs, and that's why I made my exit, because yes. I kind of so, was trying to time it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so I thought, you didn't tell me, so I thought you were going to the bathroom or getting a beer, and you're about 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and I'm like, I started thinking, well, I wonder where he went. Next thing you know, I realize where you went because the fanatic starts running down the top of the aisle, all the way down. The crowd is going nuts. The band looks at you, and they're they're kind of little. Uh, they're, they're in the middle of like this big jam, and they're looking at the fanatic. And I guess the fanatic just jumped up on stage, started jamming with the guitarist, started jamming with the drummer, started, and when it was on there for about ten minutes. Yeah, it was a dream come true, John. A well, dream. Well, I mean, for I was the with fanatic. the fanatic. You're with the, the fanatic, fanatic, of course. Yes, and and he just happens to love Little Feet as much as I do. Yeah. So as you know, both of us know Paul Barrera, who's a lead guitarist, lead singer. And uh, so afterwards, Paul Barrera was, they were signing autographs and doing a little meet and greet in the, hall, in the hallway of Keswick. And I went up to Paul and I said, when did you set that up? He said, I didn't set it up. I thought you set that up. <laughs> so you come strolling in like, you know, like, like there's nothing going on. And we're like, Tom, what, what, what happened right there? Who gets to do that? Who gets to jump on stage on a whim? With their favorite with their band. favorite band. I know. The Fanatic is a lucky, lucky guy. And they, they put the Fanatic on the video. They, on, their, on their website, yeah, they, did. they had the Fanatic on, on the website. Yeah. So it was a great concert the other night, John. It was awesome. We saw Buddy Guy. What a legend. 82 years old. That guy was unbelievable, wasn't Show, he? He was a showstopper. He was an entertainer. Yeah. He was telling jokes. He's telling stories. He's playing the guitar with a, with a drumstick. And with, he went up and threw out the audience. I mean, he was a complete showman. Yeah, it was awesome. Speaking of showstoppers, this team, John, is going to be a showstopper. And we're going to talk to John a little bit about uh, the excitement level here with this team. But you, being the director of publicity for the Phillies, you've got a little backstage, behind-the-scenes look at, at just, you know, what goes on in terms of uh, some of the demands on these players. I mean, we have a lot of new players now. I know, uh, you know, Fanavision was down here for a good – we did commercials. I'll tell you a little bit about our commercials. But, you know, we need pictures for the yearbook. You know, there's a lot of photo shoots with our yep. new, newer players. There's just a lot going on. Yeah, I, th I think uh – Fans don't realize just uh, it, it's we have a lot of people that uh, come down to spring training uh, that work very hard and they are you know the the players obviously are the focal point so as you said we have uh, we filmed a lot of commercials we do that in the beginning of the year I know the fanatic was involved in a lot of commercials what what, what were some of the <laughs> commercials you guys filmed it was pretty classic we had uh, 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 Aaron Nola and J T Real Muto. Uh, as part of one of our commercials, and the fanatic was supposed to step into the box and like kind of be, you know, uh, you know, covering the plate a little bit, and JT's like poking which, out, which, which it, with know. his belly he covers with the plate a lot, exactly. Yeah. And so the fanatic comes walking out for this commercial shoot, and Nola uh, says, "I want to hit the fanatic." And uh, I'm like, whoa, 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 really? You know, you're a Cy Young award-winning uh, candidate here, you know, major league pitcher, and he wants to throw it. My best friend, the Philly Fanatic. And he's, Aaron's like one of the nicest, nicest most laid-back guys. guys. And he wants to take out the Fanatic? I kept thinking, I felt like um, the Fanatic felt like Rudy Stein from the Bad News Bears. Remember when Buttermaker lean, goes? Lean into it, Stein. Yeah, lean into it, you know. <laughs> so you know you're going to get hit. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, Coach from Cheers, you know, right. Ernie Pan Panduso. Uh, so, it, you know, the Fanatic was a little nervous stepping in, and sure enough, the first one hit the Fanatic in the tail, and uh, we had to cut that one. You know, it, it wasn't right. We needed him to really kind of throw at the Fanatic. So we did, did the Fanatic feel it in the tail? Uh, a little bit. It okay. kind of brushed him a little bit. But then the next two takes we did, we, we did two more, and Nola hit the same exact spot both times, what? right in the Fanatic's, like, 
arm, top of the arm, two times in a row. And the did Fnatic the Fnatic feel that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, he sure <laughs> did. You know, he, he he's green, but it, I think he had a little black and blue mark at the uh, the next day. But uh, he went down, and it made for great it made for a great commercial. Did, was there any <laughs> scars on the Fnatic? No, a little no? black and blue, John. Does, but, uh, does JT Real Muto like the Fnatic? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think he was laughing, so it, it was pretty funny. Did we did we talk about uh, Bryce Harper the press conference? I can't remember on the last uh, podcast because the fanatic was an integral part of that, like before the press conference. Yeah, you know, uh, as it turns out, you know, he, it, Bryce is a huge fanatic fan. Who, uh, yeah. who would have thunk he wore fanatic socks the I, other day during a game? He wore his fanatic socks and hit two home runs, John. That's the important part. So we're hoping that that's kind of going to be his, his lucky socks. That's what I'm hoping for. But he's always been a fan, John. I, I used to see him at the All-Star game every year, and uh, I've seen him out there with the All-Star. So it's the All-Star game, and he's been telling other players and pointing to the Fanatic, he's the best, he's the best. So I knew he was a fan, and the Fanatic, just before the press conference, went in and got a chance to meet his mom and dad and his wife, and Scott Boris was in the room. But uh, well, the I Fnatic, think the Fanatic attacked, <laughs> yeah, attacked, a little his, bit. attacked his wife. Uh, he, well, yes. The Fnatic kind of pushed uh, the, the $330 million man out of the way. Who cares about him? He stumbled over a, a stool in the locker room just so the Fanatic could get to uh, his wife and give her a big so smooch. So if, if he had twisted his ankle. I really thought like, that happened. Right. If, if that had happened, you, there, you, Bryce you, might, been, you might be the former best friend of the Fanatic. <laughs> Bryce, it, it would have been a funny visual, Bryce, on crutches. <laughs> right. uh, what happened? Ah, the uh. Fanatic knocked me over trying to get to my wife. <laughs> But, <laughs> uh, but you know, so but here's the funny thing, John. So uh, his parents were really cute, and they're laughing. And this is just before the press conference. They're like, Bryce, Bryce, show him your bat. Show him your bat. I'm like, what's going on? And here, Bryce pulls out his cell phone and shows the fanatic a picture of a bat that he had customized, and it has the fanatic painted all over it. It's a customized Philly fanatic bat. I'm like, wow, you know, you got to love that. We love this guy. We love this guy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Two home runs with the Fanatic Sox. I think that's going to be a given. I think it's right? a given. I love it. Is that, I love th it. Does he have to go through Major League Baseball to kind of pass the... No, you know what? I, uh, I hear Major League Baseball is relaxing a lot of those rules this year. You're going to see players wearing uh, their own shoes. They get to design their own shoes. Uh, so you're going to see uh, a few different things this year. I know Andrew McCutcheon has already worked with Nike, and uh, he's designed his own Kutch shoes. They look pretty cool. Well, that Players Weekend, the players get to pick their own nicknames, and they actually yep. they submit them during spring yeah. training. Uh, and they have, you know, the very unique names on the back of their jerseys all weekend. So if the Fanatic uh, had his nickname, what does the Fanatic? He does. does the Fanatic had his own jersey well, made. What and was that? Natic. You know, when the when little kids get around the Fanatic and they can't, they're, you know, can't they're their first that. words, not mommy, not daddy, it's usually Natic. <laughs> so you're, you're saying the majority of Philadelphia kids. Correct. Mom, dad are not the first. Mommy, daddy are not sure. the first words. It's In Natic. 2008, it was Chase, I think, or yeah, Jimmy. It's easy to say, <laughs> Ryan. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, uh, the Fanatic gets a lot of Natic, so that's the Fanatic's name on the back of his jersey. Is the Fanatic keeping that same nickname? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was, it was either that or the green guy. Didn't you ask me a question earlier? Uh, so <laughs> well, we went off on a tangent, the but you're right. The commercials, we have commercials. Sports we have social media. You have all the national media, yeah, especially national now media. you get Bryce. When, you, when right. we signed Bryce, we were already becoming a national focus. When we signed Bryce, it went completely into, into overdrive. Mm. And like just today, uh, Buster Olney is down there. We've had all the national writers down here. We've had MLB Network down here. We've had ESPN down here. You've had, again, not just on the, on a, uh, more of a demand on the local end, but on the national end, and also just for our own internal needs. Again, social media, 
commercials. We're, you know, community relations. Community relations. There's a auction going on today. Yep, they sign a lot of things for our community relations yep, department. We have a lot of local radio stations down here, you know, WIP and a lot of the intercom family. So it's a, uh, and other stations. I mean, it's, it's a, a lot of people come down here. It's demanding on a lot of people's time. So, you know, you've got to be somewhat judicious with the players and the coaches because everyone also wants a part of Gabe and may want Matt Clintack. And so it's a, uh, you know, it's a juggling act trying to make sure we don't burn everybody out before we head back north. And what you, do you like this team, John, in terms of, uh, you know, how available they are and, and guys in the clubhouse? I yes. Mean, you've, you've dealt with a lot of teams over the years. And well, it, it's really interesting because I think you need a, and we've talked about this before, I think the leader on your team is crucial, mm. right? Whoever that leader is on the team, because every, you know, just like in any business, it emanates from the top, uh, and people take their their cue from that. So Reese Hoskins, who is not the certainly not a veteran, because you've got McCutcheon, you've got obviously Bryce Harper, but Reese Hoskins is so mature, he is the really the leader um, in the clubhouse, and he's only been here for less than two seasons. Um, but if if that's our leader, which he is. It's great because he is such a, uh, again, a great role model. He's, uh, he's very um, conscientious. He's courteous. He's, uh, but he also is, I loved when he said, you know, if Bryce Harper, uh, if he was hit on purpose, he was ready to, if he was going to go to the mound, yeah, he yeah, was going to have his back. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you I mean, that's that. great. So, again, I, I, I love, you know, and then bringing in veterans like McCutcheon and bringing in uh, Dave Robertson and, and, you know. Can I uh, say one thing, John? JT Rio Muto, I think he's going to emerge as a real leader of this team. And you talk about I love it when the catcher is your leader of the sure, team. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we certainly knew that with, with Darren Dutch, Dalton. Yep. And then uh, Chooch. Chooch, Chooch yes, is a was real a, leader was, of that team. Right, he was an un, under, unheralded leader. And uh, I think leader. JT's going to develop uh, to be that Well, and it guy. helps, too, that, uh, that he, knows the, uh, he knows the NL East. He obviously caught an NL East, so he knows our hitters. He knows our pitchers. He knows the other hitters from the other team, so that, that's definitely going to be a big boost. Yeah, we love it. We love it. All right, well, listen, John. Look at that. We just, we just talked some baseball right there, wow, Tom. that's crazy. How about that? All right, let's never do that again. Yeah, that's woo. <laughs> <laughs> John Timberlake just walked in, and now he's scared because he, uh, he knows. He thinks we're going to talk baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John. No, I think he knows about our podcast, uh, right. John. So here, let's, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll have John Timberlake with us. Thanks. You remember Jimmy Rollins' speed. You remember his smile. Now remember him as a Philly forever at the Coca-Cola Jimmy Rollins Retirement Night with a special pregame ceremony Saturday, May 4th against the Nationals. Order at phillies.com. And we are back, Phillies backstage. I was going to give this guy's title before we broke, but it's Director of Florida Operations, um, John Timberlake. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great, Tom. It's, uh, I got I to gotta ask you, just right off the, the top here, you have seen a lot of spring trainings. Can you rank this one in terms of excitement, buzz, crowds, electricity? What are you thinking? Well, I think in terms of buzz and excitement, it's probably the most exciting spring we've had in, in many years. Certainly, uh, I mean, it's maybe comparable to 2011, 2012, when, uh, you know, the pitching staff that the Phillies had assembled that year and Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels and uh, – few other names, Roy yeah. Halliday and Roy Oswalt and so yeah. on and so forth. But well, I loved yeah. on that with they had the four aces and, and they and I think Cole said, no, we gotta we're, we gotta put Joe Blanton in here. We're not the four aces, we're the five aces. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, so when we 
uh, you know, signed Harper. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about what you do down here, John. It always amazes me, not just on the business end of things, but just overseeing everything in terms of the complex, the number of players uh, that run through here in the course of the month. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you did you have any inside scoop to any of the negotiations when it came to some of the, especially with the Harper deal? Well, that would be an absolute zero. <laughs> yeah, okay, zero I thought so. Problem. I thought you were as yeah. clueless as me and John right. were doing that. You, you, you didn't have your nephew make a phone call or no, sing no, a song for him? No or? phone calls. I don't think there were any dedications on stage or anything <laughs> like that. But See, now, they, if they consulted the backstage of Burgoyne Bridge, we would have we would have been pestering you to do that. <laughs> well, of course you would have, John, and we'll get to, back to that story later in the uh, broadcast. Yes, I'm, I'm sure, sure you will. But, you know, I, I think, Tom, back to your question, the, the, the excitement around the park is, is something that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And as you said, after the Harper announcement came out and then the press conference that Saturday, there was just, there was just excitement. And you still see it. I mean, when he comes to bat and, and others, uh, you know, certainly McCutcheon, Real Muto, uh, Segura, et cetera. But, you know, there's just an extra level there. And you've noticed, I mean, if you're stopped on the concourse, it's Harper is the person that comes to bat and everybody stops what they're doing. They're, they're, they want to see the bat. They've quiet. got their phones out. It's weird because it's know? quiet. Like normally you would think the fans would be up. It's so quiet because everyone's taking video yeah. or the cell phone and they're concentrating on that, right? It's kind of right. eerie. Absolutely. And it's it's also what we were able to do, we were able to get ahead and had some merchandise designed. Um, and certainly we had several several orders that were labeled print if signed. And so the amazing thing to me is that, that some of these companies, I mean, within 24 to 48 hours, we were we were getting shipments of merchandise coming in. So that's the one area that we were able to get just a little bit ahead in anticipation. Absolutely. Right. Right. John, you've walked around the concourse and seen all the Harper merchandise. and diff- Like you said, the different designs, not just the player T-shirts. There's a lot of Florida my wife, themed. My wife and daughter Harper got stuff. the one with the beard. It's the f- his face, nice. like the outline of his face and the beard. <laughs> That's a big pop, the one I see in there. You see, but you're right. You see Harper jerseys everywhere. Yeah, it's not only jerseys. There's caps that say Harper. There are caps with number three, spring training caps, uh, that kind of thing. I saw a koozie the other day, <laughs> literally a, a wow. can koozie that had Harper number three on it and a Philly spring training. So there's, there's actually quite a bit of merchandise in there. It's awesome. What, um, what percent of the crowd down here is... Uh, transplant people from Philadelphia coming down just for the spring training and going back to Philly. And how many people you think are locals that are, that have that have moved down here well, because they probably came down here in the past. The, the harder thing to judge is the locals that actually move here and now. I mean, we're able to track through ticket orders and things like that, zip codes and area codes and things of that nature. But uh, we feel that during the height of spring, which is really always centered around St. Patrick's Day, say that week, the following week, uh, about seventy percent of our fans are from. Uh, Delaware Valley, Northeast, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Philly area. Um, it's much harder to track John people that are literally transplants that have right. you know, moved down here because they're buying local. Uh, but it's it's definitely an impact. And of course, with our history here for 74 years, uh, there's just so many people that make this a part of their annual plan. We're going to come down for a month, uh, or we're going to come down for a long week or a w- long weekend or whatever. So, and we've seen that. Uh, this year has really picked back up a little bit. And I'm, I'm hopeful that this excitement will continue for years to come, and particularly if the Phillies have uh, success on the field this year, that uh, we'll see that get back to those days. Because really the hallmark for us uh, was certainly the years of the postseason, but that particularly reached an apex in 11 and 12 here in spring training. When we were drawing them, I mean 160,000 fans for All right, spring training. Let, let's take you back to 2004. When you moved from Jack Russell Stadium mm-hmm. to here, 
So we were planning the new ballpark, and I know that they're going to make the dimensions the same as uh, you know the Citizens Bank mm -hmm. up north. Um, there was there was all kinds of plans, which you are obviously a huge part of. Uh, tell us about the Tiki Bar, because I believe that was your suggestion, and that you put your neck out a little bit for that. And actually, the, somebody from an organization kind of put the onus on you if it doesn't do well. <laughs> correct? Uh, yeah, and that somebody would have been someone named David Montgomery. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, you know what? In in the developing the plans and everything, you know, we knew there were certain things that were sacred to us about the plan of the ballpark. The 360-degree concourse, that was something that we just weren't going to back off of. And then the raised concourse with all your services up at concourse level. So unlike the old ballparks or Jack Russell Stadium, you don't have to walk downstairs to grab a drink or go to the restroom or any of the services that are provided for you. So those things were sacred, but we wanted the real Florida feel to it. And that was one of the things we came up with uh, and just had kind of a marketing plan that we would stay open post-game. We'd have some live music. You know, people could play corn toss or whatever, depending uh, which went away quickly because there's no room anymore because it's so popular. Uh, but, yeah, it, there came a point in construction at which uh, I think it had been it – it was an item that was constantly up almost every month before we, we finalized the design for some place you could save some money if you didn't build right. it. Right, could be on the chopping block. Yeah, so value engineering, as architects like to call it, uh, that means they over-design something you don't have the money to build, basically. Uh, but they call it value engineering, which sounds a lot better, I suppose. Uh, and it finally came up, and David said, you know, I really don't want to hear any more about this. And he kind of looked at me and said, this is on you. So that that there's no pressure in that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but John, wait a minute. So <laughs> I recruited like 150 friends that first day, and I'm yes. like, you got to stay after. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No. Well, I mean, you're banking on Philadelphia, you know, sports fans drinking at a bar at a, you know, with a, a game. With, with a fat chut. <laughs> with right. a fat chut and, uh, you know, a great view of the, you but, know, it yeah. wasn't but, that much of a well, risk. Well, right? hold on. Come on. <laughs> you, you say that very easily. Yeah, I sure do. It wasn't his, my money. His <laughs> neck is on the line, you know, right. and so, yes, I'd be out there calling all my friends to get him out there. Well, I think part of it was a size of it because you have like mm. you know 80 bar stools around this uh tiki bar and you had four tiers that seat 100 and roughly 130 people or so so it was uh, it was uh you know an area that was going to be hopefully filled up and and to his credit honestly the very first day we, we we played we opened with the yankees that year and we played the very first game here in 2004 and there was you know at that time we didn't know what it was going to do post game but there were a couple hundred people out there and to his credit david <laughs> Uh, was sitting in his office and called me up and just said, I just wanted to tell you, you're, you were right. It's, that looks great out there and uh, so on and so forth. And, and that was just day one. So Well, that's pressure, you know. too, because Dave's office is literally the closest and looking <laughs> right. right down on the Tiki Bar. Right. So if he didn't have those 150 fans, he would know right away and, and you right. might be in a little trouble. You know, there'd be some <laughs> – there'd been like – some guy playing guitar out there, and you and I having a beer exactly. on the corner. You and, we're, know. and we're looking up at Dave's. <laughs> going, it's like, hey, look, it's Norman Cliff. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And we're looking at we're looking up at Dave with our thumbs up. Go, come on. Right. Well, you know, and and actually, you were ahead of the curve, John, because you know, even the changes we're making to Citizens Bank Park are all about you know enhancing the fan the experience, fan experience mm -hmm. giving people alternate viewing options basically right i mean it's different places you can stand mm -hmm. different you know places you can watch the game and not be glued to your seat well it's become a much more social type event than a baseball game on so many levels and even when we built the the party suites up upstairs we were already seeing how things were starting to trend where people didn't necessarily want to be suite holders and have you know, here in spring training, 16, 17 games, or certainly, you know, 70 home games for the Threshers. But they wanted a place to come in, have a suite for a day, 
the food and beverage is there. They walk in, they walk out at the end of the day, pay one price, and that's what they're committed to. And we were seeing that, that trend starting to happen, and you've seen it so much more in Major League and Minor League Baseball where people are looking for gathering spots. And yep. it's a very social you know, place. Let's grab a little food. Let's have a beer or a drink or two. And in, in some ways, particularly in Minor League Baseball, there are nights that the game is almost secondary. Yep. You know, people will catch an inning or two or three, uh, but they're really there to socialize with their friends. So I think that's part of what you're talking about, Tom, and, and you're seeing those transitions being made in parks all over the country. And we're going to have a pass and stow, which is correct. The, you know, we got we're no more McFadden's, and now we've got pass and stow, which is going to be an awesome open air beer garden, mm-hmm. brick yeah. oven pizza. It's going to be great. I've seen some renderings. Shake in Shack. fact, there was something on NBC Sports Philadelphia during their last broadcast, and they showed the Liberty Bell there yep. uh, that had come from the vet. That they, they massive. They tracked down the actual Liberty Bell, mm-hmm. which is going to be awesome. A lot of great photo ops. You don't, you don't mean the actual Liberty Bell. Well, not the, <laughs> not the, not the yeah, you're right. That'd not be the, tough. Not the actual, <laughs> right. That would be tough. You know, it's, yeah, we can find it. We can find it. But this is a big one. Yeah, it's going to uh, be cool. But And we're going to have Questlove. Uh, Questlove from the Roots right. is going to be performing before the game at, at, on opening day at and He's going to be selling so. impossible cheesesteaks. Uh, vegan know, vegan cheesesteaks. Cheese Rob Brooks, cheese our steaks, producer, yeah. engineer, is going to love that. Uh, and then how he's you, also performing after the game. What's in a, a vegetarian cheesesteak? I mean, how, I how do you do that? I still don't quite under. It's called impossible. It's, it was the impossible burger, and I still don't understand it, John. We need Rob Brooks to explain. <laughs> Put your microphone down. Yeah, it's not connected. All right, well, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Right. Hey, I know that's all the business side of things, too, John. I want to ask you, too, just because we're winding down spring training. The number, you know, and, and now it gets to uh, the minor league guys are down here. They're mm-hmm. prepping for, uh, you know, they're, the, sure. they're, assi- they're getting their assignments. They're finding out where they're going to start, you know, what level mm-hmm. of the organization. About how many players come through here in this, uh, you know, through well, the Well, you've got right now, you've, um, I talked with Joe Sinar a couple days ago. He's got 340 people next door. So, you know, our staffs continue to grow, and, and we've talked a lot about the changes, on it, even on the business side, but the player side, too, with the, you know, nutrition and mental health and uh, uh, the physical aspects of their workout and the way that's changed. It's, it's added a ton of people, and certainly your, you know, video coaching and your research and development people. So there's about 340 to 50 people next door right now that Can will be Can you introduce here. us to them? Because we... Yeah, <laughs> one at a time. Yeah, we haven't met a lot of these people. <laughs> right, but there's roughly 190 players next door and of mm-hmm. course this coming weekend after uh, the big league team opens on Saturday these teams will depart for Lehigh Valley, Reading, uh, Lakewood and then our guys get to walk across the, the you know a couple of fields and get here and move into uh, in the here. lockers here for the thresher season so and then you've got uh, extended spring training you've got two Gulf Coast League teams that stick around all the way through Alphael, Florida Instructional League in the fall so it's really it's an 11 11 and a half month activity that's going on next door and it just never stops. Do you have a pretty good sense of what the Threshers team is going to look like? Do you kind of have a sense what what team uh, you, uh, have, no. you have a good team? <laughs> not, not at all. Huh? No, at what we point. do actually what we do have is you've seen if you were here watching minor league baseball over the past five, six, seven years, what you've seen is our system, just the entire quality of our players rise. You've seen that improvement. And so, you know, there's some exciting guys that are going to be coming up, a lot of young pitchers. It seems like all of them throw 95, 96 now, you know. And a lot of the younger uh, Latin uh, pitchers particularly, I mean, these kids can flat-out throw. So, you know, we've seen the names uh, coming through here. The Derek Hall that's made a couple of appearances as a first baseman. I think he uh, led led the minor leagues in our minor league system in home runs last year. I think he did, and, uh, you know, he's – 
going to be an exciting guy to watch from first base uh, perspective. Did Baum come through here last year? Is he? No, he was. He, um, could, he, he had a, a nagging injury, but I, I expect that we will see him. If not to start the season, right. we're going to see him soon, sometime this year. But uh, we've seen, you know, you've got somebody like uh, Jose Pujols that, you know, this kid's interesting because he. He's just got so much power, power. Yeah. and if he can just put it all together, it's going to be really, you know, pretty incredible. You know what's cool, too? We were saying this before you got here, that, that you get these guys when they're puppies. So you get the Ryan Howards, the Jimmy Rollins, the mm-hmm. Chase Utleys, guys that come through our system that they're, you know, they could be 19 years old, they could be 20 years old. Sure. They're young. They're, they're, they're still kind of eyes wide open trying to figure out this whole thing. So it's kind of cool that you guys really form a lot of deep relationships with these guys because you're getting them at a very – formative years correct and it's you know again you get to know a lot of the guys that have come through Uh, of course I go back quite a ways over 30 years with the Phillies and it's the same thing I'm certainly not on the you know at one time I had a little more involvement in the player development side and I got wise enough to stick to the business side so I'm I'm still employed number one Uh, and that was important to me all along Uh, but but you don't watch as many minor league games as I've seen and not see a player that you go wow you know, just the sound of the bat or the way he plays the field or his arm that you don't pick up and say, that guy's going to be special, you yeah. know. And, and what, I'm, what I'm getting at with the improvement is that it's like the entire organization, the bar has been raised. And so you're seeing more and more of these players that you're like, that guy has a chance, you know, if he just continues to grow up. And one of the other things you see that's so incredible, just like you mentioned um, Alec Bohm, uh, that is, uh, you know, you see this kid, and he's a big, tall kid, and he's a big guy, and not unlike you saw Pat Burrell or particularly some of the younger high school picks or a Scott Rowland come through, and then you see them Dylan three, Cousins. Year, three years later in spring training, and now they've put on 30 pounds or whatever, and they're yeah. these big guys, you know. It's kind of so, like Tom and I. The longer yeah. you're down here, you get a little yeah, bigger. you know, a I, little bigger, I think the longer I've been, I've put on a solid 40 <laughs> since I first moved here. And, uh, and, and, not and now some people look at me and say, wow, he's a really big guy. You <laughs> right. know? But, Is that John yeah. Timberlake's dad? <laughs> right. Not to mention, you know, it's so cool. How great it would be to be assigned the Clearwater Threshers, you know. You're down here in Florida. you got the great restaurants. I mean, how can't you get bigger down yeah, here, Yeah, that's, right? be- that's better than the <laughs> t- Tulsa oil drillers, right? <laughs> right. Do they have Taco Bell down here? It seems like uh, yeah, that's where a lot of the players go in a lot of our minor league system. But down here, you're going to Frenchies and, you know, getting some good food. Yeah, yeah. this is this is the best spring training spot. I, it has to be the best spring training spot. Well, right? I mean, we think so. We're very biased. But just, the, you know, from a perspective, the quality of life here is pretty good. But, you know, any place in Florida, the weather's going to be nicer. But I, I think we would much rather be here than in, say, Lakeland. Right, or Port you know? Charlotte. The, um, poor, the poor Tampa Rays, whose team is here, mm-hmm. right? They don't. <laughs> they have a crazy. house here. They have to go over two hours away to, to train in Port Charlotte. You guys have a Phillies have a nicer place than the team that yeah, plays more, here all year more round. More Philadelphians come here than Tampa Bay folks go to Port Charlotte. Right. Well, in all seriousness, what has happened is the fans have found the ballpark and the experience here, and I think I think that we do put on a pretty good show for spring training. And uh, you know, the quality of the park you've mentioned it's it's really outstanding. But they've also found the town and the beaches and the yep. you know all the things to do here, the restaurants and and places golf to, courses. To visit there's a PGA event here. There's a We're there's a Formula the, One race last, two weeks right, ago. Just at the Valspar yesterday. Yep. So there's a lot going on, but the quality of the city here I think is really important. The county itself, it's just a great place to be. All right, let's get away from this baseball thing, okay? Let's, yeah, let's, we've let's, talked. 
way let, too let's, much Let's baseball. get to the real heart of the matter here. Now, your nephew is Justin <sighs> Timberlake, right? Uh, yes, so, so yes. We've, we've talked many years. A <laughs> hundred times you, over. Yeah. Yes. I knew John Brander was going to ask you but, about Justin. But uh, wasn't there someone that, that denied uh, – that denied the uh, what was it, Tom. Was there some story? Someone, someone butchered it uh, with with sync. Well, um, that would be you. You're Grace. not much of a talent <laughs> scout, John. That's all I know. No, you know this this guy apparently knows all the music that's going on all so the he time. Says. You know all the latest things up and coming, and and I'm sure I at turned some you point on to the Avid Brothers, who you are did? who are performing at the ballpark on June 8th. That's that's fantastic. One of my favorite bands, yeah. actually. But um, yeah, there was a time in which NSYNC was uh, they were coming into Philly. And playing at some venue there, and, th- and they had just come off a tour in Germany and, and Europe where they had... They, they hadn't were, got big yet, right? They had two songs in the top 40 at that time. I guess I wasn't listening to Top 40 at that time. Right, probably not. <laughs> okay. And that would be... <laughs> they were only the biggest thing in the world at the right. time, but John, it went right well, over his head. Just were, those little songs like I Want You Back and Tearing Up My <laughs> oh, Heart, if you want to know was, exactly what was, the songs that was, were. That was b- big in Stuttgart, but not <laughs> yet in Philadelphia. You haven't come right. to America So yet. they had come to New York and were doing these all these interviews. I had actually been on uh, Good, Good Morning America. I didn't one see of that episode. Shows. He's well, a Today Show of guy. Of course not. Right. So that's probably where the, where the disconnect was, I so assume. But they were going to the, – they bust over. They had a late night. They got in late the night before. They were doing a bunch of radio interviews in advance of their concert. Um, that was in some venue I wish I could remember over, I think, in New Jersey, if I recall. And it was one of these um, – I think there was going to be like three or 4,000 people. So, yes, they were – we talked about them singing the national anthem, but which Brazier told me, you know – uh, that doesn't really work for us. I think we've got an all-girls school choir that's <laughs> going to be there that day. And we, we really don't want to bump them or yeah. whatever. And so oh. so what we did back in the day, the jerseys and Phillies colors, they were the neon. And they were a know. little upset that, that they uh, got turned down, correct? I think they were disappointed a little bit. Yeah. So they had rehearsed the national anthem and all that and these five guys. And so they wound up doing the seventh inning stretch on top of the dugout in these neon, neon. jerseys, uh, Phillies jerseys, five different colors. And you should have seen the rush of, like, young females down the aisles. And true story, <laughs> at the vet, and because they immediately knew exactly who Yeah, and I think was. I realized at, my, at, at that time that <laughs> yeah. I made a mistake. Huffam, they weren't quite Huffamoose. They weren't Huffamoose. They weren't Huffamoose. I love no, Huffamoose. No, and uh, I mean, I, you know, I can understand the fact that you probably boy bands at that time were not at the top of your you know musical no, list. No, still in my Grateful Dead Almond Brothers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was back in the past. Yeah, yeah. Living in the 70s. <laughs> Aren't little, we all? Little feet. Uh, yeah. But wait, hold on, John. So, yeah. So, but you know what? The guy over there is, is one to talk. Did you ever hear his story? I heard. I think I've heard this. And By this the way, has to do with a certain <laughs> yes. country music artist well, yes. that's had a decent <laughs> yeah. career. Nobody so, ever heard of before. So let me tell you this: as Tom is getting all high and mighty on me, whiffing on in sync, he uh, Tug McGraw. Uh, Tom was doing the music, right? This is 1993, right? 1993. Yeah. Tug McGraw comes into the radio booth and or the music booth, whatever, Fanavision, and says, "Hey, Tom, my son is a budding country star. Uh, here's a tape. Can you play it?" He's like, sure, Tug, no problem. He gives him the tape. Tug leaves, and, and Tom in front of everybody goes, yeah, right, budding country star. And he flips the cassette tape into the trash can, never to be played. Two year, wow, that was one, a bold move. One year bold. later, Tim McGraw explodes. As <laughs> I don't even think it was a year, John. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, we're better off in the podcast here than, uh, than out as being talent scouts in the music world. Correct. But we do love music. Ah, oh, yeah, for sure. But we're living in the 70s. <laughs> All right, so one last question before you get to your quiz. Here's the thing. You can tell you guys aren't really fans of anything because 
if you're really going to ask him questions about Justin Timberlake, you should be asking about his wife. Well, I was, Rob, I was just about to get to that. No, you that, uh, <laughs> that, John, now, throughout the many years, you've had the Timberlake uh, Thanksgiving. Sure, right? sure. And so Justin was single for a long time. He was. And this might, this might butcher into one of my questions, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, can you give us your favorite uh, of his uh, guests that he brought to the Timberlake Thanksgiving dinner table? Uh, wow. There's been a couple uh, over the years. Names like. Uh, I think the oddest thing was one of the first years uh, when he was, you know, he, he had always made it a point to come home for Thanksgiving. My parents live outside of Memphis, and uh, so it was a big gathering for our family. And I walked in, this is probably well into after certainly Mickey Mouse Club and all that stuff, and then Sync had gotten big, and there were other stars, and I walked in, and uh, Britney's sitting on my, Britney Spears is sitting on my parents' sofa in like a Yale sweatshirt. And uh, she was probably all of 18 or 19 at the time. And that just, that kind of gives you a little perspective about how this is going. Because she was she was a big star by then. Sure. And uh, I also met Cameron Diaz uh, one Thanksgiving. And she was very, very, kind of what you see is what you get. She actually is a very fun-loving person and loves to have a good time. And there have been a few of those. And then a couple more that I choose not to <laughs> right. divulge. Uh, but none like Jessica. Jessica Beal is, is one of the... Honestly, most uh, genuine and sweetest people I've ever met. And she's quite attractive as well, by the way. And Rob Brooks is a fan, obviously. Tom, who's been, who's been at your Thanksgiving Day table? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's my <laughs> Uncle Ted Beat and my dad. And, uh, you know. I got Dollar Bill Brazier. I got a lot of people. You know? All right, are we ready no, for this? Yeah, yeah. It's time to administer the quiz. Oh, boy. All right. Now, I have I'll no forewarning whatsoever. Well, that's, no, that's, that's the whole that's point. That's the plan. We confuse... We confuse people during the interview. We might as well totally confuse them after the interview. How many questions, John? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he doesn't uh, even think, know how many questions. I think I have eight, okay? Oh gosh, mm. He thinks. All right, so basically it. what I do, John, is I come up with – I did a lot of research on this one. I was telling uh, Tom earlier that I did this while watching basketball last night post-dinner uh, at Caesars last okay. night. Okay. All so right. I've got. Now, are, am, am I answering yes or no? No, I'm is giving this, it's a, it's a, it's a, multi, right it's a multiple choice, A, okay. B, C, and D, and it's all something that has to do with your life. Okay. Okay. But but this is very in sync heavy, so oh, I apologize. Okay? okay. So the first question, and Tom, what do you think the bar should be set? Should he get? He, he should get, get a, six of eight. He should get at least five. Yeah. Six, five's like a five's six like a C. Win, so five's the, a C, six is a B, seven or eight's an A. And what does he win, Tom? I got no shot at seven. The hooded towel. The hooded Philly Fanatic towel that we're giving the kids 14 and under at the Philly Fanatic birthday. And what's the nice. date on that? April 28th. Sunday. Excellent. Right. Sunday, and April 28th. And there's a, there's a uh, don't forget the sponsor on there. How about Citizens Bank? Yeah. Oh, hooded, right. Great sponsor. Yes. All right, ready? I hope so. First question. And now, again, I got these off the Internet, so uh, they, they haven't been, they haven't been uh, <laughs> they approved by the accounting firm of Ernst & Young. Uh, so who was Justin's first celebrity crush? Was it Meg Ryan, Demi Moore, Drew Barrymore, or Sandra Bullock? Um, wow. <laughs> Give me those choices again. Meg Ryan, Demi Moore, Drew Barrymore, Sandra Bullock. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is correct. That's going to be my guess. Look at you. That's right. Well, I know they've oh, had the a relation, not, not like that. They've had a relationship for a long time. They've known each other a long time. And I know that Justin looked up to her a lot and, uh, during early in his career. Right. Uh, 
So Tom Burgoyne does not know these questions, by the way. So you can play along with the crowd after he answers. Okay, <laughs> we haven't done that yet. This is a new twist to it. All right, what was JC? I don't even know. Who, is it JC? Chavez. Chavez. <laughs> what was JC's most popular character on the Mickey Mouse Club? Was it Spiffy Fishface Franklin? Was it Clarence Wipeout Adams? Noodles Nonsense or Harry Happy Horowitz? Again, Spiffy Fishface Franklin, Clarence Wipeout Adams, Noodles Nonsense, or Harry Happy Horowitz? I have no idea. And I'll tell you why. The interesting part is, even though that was filmed here locally yeah. um, at Disney at the time, at MGM, or Disney Hollywood Studios now, uh, we, had, we could not go into the audience as adults. You had to be between the ages of... I think it was seven or eight and 19 to be a part of the audience. So we would sit back in the family room when we would go over. And I mean, it was literally like you would think the family room at Disney, you know, there was like this little bitty TV up in the corner with the show on. I don't think the volume was even turned up. So I'm sure my daughters could answer that question, but I got no chance. Well, take a guess. Let's go with noodles. Noodles? No, it was Clarence Wipeout Adams. All right. That was tough one. One off. All right. This is kind of the last uh, NSYNC one. Good. Whose first career goal was to work with NASA? Was it Joey, JC, Chris, or Lance? I know this one. That's got to be Lance. Lance. Yes. That's he, Lance. Just, he was the smartest of all those kids. Is that I right? Mean, well, you know, Justin is a very smart individual. A lot of people don't know he's a member of Menza. He has, has this crazy high uh, IQ, which I'm sure has led to some of his success. But Lance was a serious like student and everything. Right. Kind of a serious guy. Tom, you're, you're kind of Mensa, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't that like a disease? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Who, in 2004, Clearwater Threshers moved from Jack Russell Stadium to right here. Used to be Bright House uh, mm-hmm. Networks Park and then now Spectrum Field. Correct. So which of these players did not play at least one game in 2004 for the Clearwater Threshers? Okay. okay. Cole Hamels, Vince Vukovic, Vicente Padilla, or Kyle Kendrick? Uh, um. I would say that Cole Hamels did not play. No, Cole Hamels did play. It was Kyle Kyle Kendrick. Kyle Kendrick. Kendrick. Yep. Yep. Wow. Right, but I think you're going to do well from this point on. That's coming from the GM of the club at that time. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I remember players. I remember stories about them. I mean, going back into the literally late 80s and 90s. and But I, the years run together like crazy. Well, it's Cole, his first spring training game, played against the Yankees. I was at that game. Mm-hmm. He I faced that. He faced Tony Clark, uh, A-Rod, and Jeter. All three of those. Those are the three batters he faced, and he struck out two of them. Nice. Pretty impressive. And all that right. was in Tampa, I believe, wasn't it? It was in Tampa. Yes, yep. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. This is a little easier. I think you're going to get this one. Which of these is not a minor league baseball team? Okay. The Vermont Lake Monsters, the Savannah Sand Nets, the Albuquerque Isotopes, or the Buffalo Bacon Lips? Uh, that would be option four. <laughs> I don't know where you came, up, you came up with the bacon lips. Well, but, uh, with the minor league teams, I, I did make that up myself. Right. Yes, and Montgomery Biscuits. <laughs> but, you know. but look, you know, the it's isotopes not, are out there too. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It's, it's not out of, you know beyond the realm because you know, their their names are crazy. What, what was the backup name for the Threshers that now you guys are beach selling the merchandise? To Clearwater Beach Dogs. And that's a great. Yeah. I've seen the merchandise around here. Yeah, Pretty good. Cool. Yeah. All right, now you are a big musical fan. I know mm-hmm. that you've performed in musicals. Uh, your uh, your girlfriend has performed in musicals, right? My well, my your wife. Your wife. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> not your let's, girlfriend. Let's your go wife. with that. Yeah, that's a wife. whole different Sorry. story, John. Sorry, I forgot. Your wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other story. Right. And that would be, that would be the yeah, end of the game. We're not talking about that. What musical won the 2018 Tony? Was it A. SpongeBob SquarePants the musical? B. Frozen. C. The band's visit. D. Mean Girls. Uh, the band's visit. Band's visit. You're Which I did see in New York last year, along with several other shows. 
All right. Two more. Ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are from Tennessee. I am. Proudly. Which, which of these presidents was not from Tennessee? You have Grover Cleveland, James Polk, Andrew Johnson, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, what was number Let three? Let me give them to you again. Grover yeah. Cleveland, James Polk, Andrew Johnson, Andrew Jackson. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with James Polk. Well, let's hope that nobody from Tennessee is listening to this oh. podcast because it is Grover Cleveland. Oh, how oh, about that? See, I know nothing about Grover Cleveland. Great pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't there an Alexander on the end of that? <laughs> yeah, or oh something? yeah. Oops. Yeah, Grover Cleveland. He's from. He's the other three are. Yeah, when I thought about it, I'm. I grew up very close to Jackson, Tennessee, and it was all old Hickory kind of stuff. So. All right. If you get this last one, then you win. I don't even. I'm not even keeping score. Are you keeping oh, score? Time? I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> right. so I really thought it'd be a little wrong so far. Thought it'd be seven. a little easier than this. All right. Last one. <laughs> you know, like what's Justin's middle name or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, who was not the last one? Who was not Justin Timberlake's girlfriend at one time? See, this should be a layup at the end, right? Should be. Now, again, this is on the internet. Who was so not? You would okay. know, you know more than I would. So I would hope dis- so. If you dispute this, then I, I fully believe you. Uh, a, Fergie. B, Charlize Theron. C, Alicia Keys. D, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, based on that list, I'm going to go with uh, Charlize Theron. You are correct. <laughs> And right. what does he win again, Tom? He's got he's got the Citizens Bank green fanatic hooded towel. But I cannot either away. neither Can confirm, confirm confirm nor deny <laughs> that those other three necessarily were. Uh, although at one of Justin's uh, parties uh, in Vegas when he had done a benefit concert, uh, my really claim to fame I was I was standing in line at the uh, bar, uh, concessions. Yeah, right. And Alicia Keys turned around and had two drinks in her hand, and she turned around very quickly and spilled drinks on me. So, so that's how you eliminated she, Alicia. <laughs> well, no, I, I've, I've met her, and so I've never seen her, you know, on the Timberlake like, uh, family reunion. She never anything, came to Thanksgiving dinner. No, 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 no. Okay. But, uh, and then I was pretty aware of the Scarlett Johansson thing. So we'll just yeah. leave it at that. We're just living vicariously through you, John. I mean, uh, this, is, this has been wonderful. A trip oh, down yeah. your nephew's <laughs> memory lane. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we love you too, John. Yeah, sure. John Timberlake, our guest today. Uh, thanks for stopping by, and it's hey, been a, my and pleasure. Thanks for being so welcoming. Of course, we love uh, the Clearwater uh, Thresher staff and all the folks who are here. Our security guards. We're getting ready for our final game tomorrow, and oh, I know the tom- fanatic has a special, uh, you know, dance plan with the guards. So, is tomorrow uh, the final game, Tom? Final you game. Got, well, you, I haven't really been tracking that. I know, and th- we don't know when this podcast will air, but uh, it'll probably over and done but uh and you'll be happy to see us leave and then you could go uh, live on your island for the rest of the <laughs> summer and uh you know and you're, you're yeah. gonna be getting us you're, you're gonna be getting millions of phone calls because we have a lot of <laughs> listeners for this podcast so. i understand yeah, that so, so just watch out when I'll, justin timberlake plays in philadelphia next you're in trouble i gotcha <laughs> guys i appreciate it john thanks a lot john brazier another great show rob brooks thanks for everything you're doing over there and our and studio audience studio audience I, and there's some oh we had a studio audience again they've been so polite uh thanks out there in radio and computer land for listening to our podcast and uh, we will see you next time right John you got it all right we'll see you at the ballpark Backstage.